Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email from a man who had a lot of questions about things that we commonly, well, we really commonly experience them when we're doing disclosures. Most of the time, what happens is that one partner is faithful and the other isn't, and the disclosure is to figure out what has happened. But in the email that I got from David, he had actually said that there was deception on both ends, as well as other types of deception, and financial and those kinds of things. And so he was asking me so many questions, and I said to him, David, why don't you just come on the show and talk a little bit about what your situation is, and we can talk together, and I'm sure you'll be helping other people. So I want to welcome David to the show. David, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Hey, thank you so much, Carol. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. Now, Remind our listening audience, the first time you contacted me, do you remember what your question was? Yes. I, I, in Help Her Heal and in um, Help Them Heal, they talk about uh, how to really provide that space and how to have accountability for your behaviors. And I was trying to do that. and The struggle came in in after... I got out of treatment and after a year and a half of, of really trying to show up every day and, and, and avoid divorce, um, my wife had filed for divorce while I was in, in inpatient um, rehab, I found out piecemeal, bits and pieces, that she had had two extramarital affairs um, 
prior to discovery, prior to um, finding out about my infidelity, she had had gone outside the marriage um, on two separate occasions. And then more got discovered as well that that even as I was admitted to treatment um, within the first 30 days of me being in treatment, there was uh, a sexual relationship and then you know, another one was like at 60 days or something like that. And then, um, you know, this this all kept coming out. Um, and it became really challenging to hold that space and be an empathetic, a compassionate partner, um, take accountability when, you know, she had had a year and a half to deal with you know, me coming out all at once before I left for treatment. It was just, you know, gaslight and everything just came to be too much. And I, I said that I had sexual relationships with all these different women and, and just kind of, you know, diarrhea of the mouth and regurgitated this information. Um, that never happened with her. There was never an opportunity to meet me and, and, and to share that, hey, I've done these things too or anything like that. And now I do want to work on our marriage and I do want to... Um, you know, be empathetic, but man, when she starts getting on me about things and says certain things, it's really triggering to me as well. Well, you know, how could the how could you do this? How could these women? How could these other women do this? And I just sometimes the anger inside of me and the hurt, the the, the regressive kid inside wants to say, wants to say, yeah. Don't you know why, how they could do this? I think you have a good idea of how this could happen, considering that you also made these kind of mistakes, you know? So, and it, it it's really frustrating when, you know, my wife is not working a program, and she's been resistant to to that. And when I do bring something up, or when I brought something up in a very, um, by the book, way um it got flipped on me you know i i I had questions i said you know the the pictures and things that i saw on your phone contradict the story that you're telling me right now you know and i asked her about that she feels pressure she feels shame and then immediately she goes into well i need other information about you and she feels vulnerable answering questions to me and wants to know all of this information turns it back on me now i'm now i'm i'm backpedaling and and i'm I, I was I was like, wait up! I'm the hurt one here. How am I now? You know? Yeah, no, I get it. And you know what you're talking about, and you've probably heard of this term is Darbo, and that is when somebody turns the situation around, denies that they have a problem, and they attack you, reverse the roles. Now they're the offender. And I mean, they're the you're the offender, and they're the victim, and you can't ever get get good communication and accountability from that person. And so, what I hear you saying, let me see if I got this picture straight. And of course, we would never use her name on air ever, ever. But your wife now, ex-wife. No, I, I, we were able to. We're making it. We're trying to make it work right now, and then things are going. You know, progress is slow, and but, but progress is being seen. You know, daily reprieve from my side, and and God's grace is is coming down. Um, 
but I just wow. want to be able to do better and if things are going in the right direction. I just I need to know how to handle this because it's not, you know, yeah. Okay, so I understand you, your wife, who actually left you while you were in treatment and had had right. pre- previous affairs and some sort of uh, infidelity prior right. to you going into treatment right. um, is not holding yourself accountable. Here you want to make it work, and it sounds like all you really need to do is have her be accountable so that that honesty can come back and begin right. to build that pure intimacy, right? Right, right. And you look, because I'm looking at David on Zoom as well as talking to him, you look very, very hurt. I, I am. I'm, I'm extremely hurt. I can see this that. And that would be a it, it gives me, it, it, it gives me insight into the pain and the hurt and the devastation that I've caused. In, in some ways, this hurt is a blessing. And I, I want to I use it for good, but, man, it's really hard when it gets flipped and, you know, it just... Of course it is. You know what, David? Here's what... So you have been in treatment. You've gone to some other facility and you've gotten intensive treatment. Mm-hmm. And then you've come back. Obviously, you wrote, you read Help Her Heal, and you're reading or have finished Help Them Heal, and you know the pathway starts with honesty, and that's the missing link in your relationship, and I suspect that's what's tripping both of you up. It's tripping her up, I believe, because she doesn't feel like she can be honest enough I think she fears probably your wrath, and I'm not saying you're overly angry, but she knows how she made you feel about your stuff, and she's not probably a sex addict, but infidelity is infidelity, and she's definitely had several encounters, correct? Right. So are you working with an Irkham specialist, you know, somebody who practices those early recovery couple empathy skills so they can help her develop those like you have. I She was resistant to um, therapy before I left for Pine Grove. I, I tried to get her in contact with the CSAT, and she did um, start working with this woman. Um, and I think that there was a point where she told her, look, if you keep on talking about saving the relationship or doing any of this healing stuff, I'm not coming back. So I think the the, the therapist pivoted and ha- had to in order to be able to maintain the open co- the, the communication. And she okay. was told that if, if she had questions, that I was supposed to give her answers in the moment. There, there was no, like, waiting for a, a, a therapeutic disclosure. It's been staggered disclosure the whole time. And and that that I, I recognize the hurt of staggered disclosure. It sucks, man, and it really sucks when when the things that I've asked about, you know, the things that she's told me about certain relationships have turned out to not be as they were were, were stated, you know, and and that's hard to build that trust. In you know, you mentioned on the intro that there's been other um, deterioration and, and eroding of trust through 
spending and financial irresponsibility, you know, and and you know, fifty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt that has been accumulated over the last year and a half while I was in treatment and then I came out. And in addition to all of these attorneys' charges and, and divorce things, and I know that in that trauma, in that PTSD state, she did she was in survival mode and there were not well thought out and I'm compassionate and understanding to that. However, there were you know, there were things where four thousand dollars disappeared out of out of our account and she said that she didn't know anything, you know, denied denied knowledge, uh, willfulness in doing in, in in spending this. And then there was a, a check that came from from Hurricane Ida, uh, an insurance check that I entrusted her with. And then she had to ask me to send the the um, the child support payment early because. She was out, out, you know, because she had spent that too, you know. So I, you know, again, know how, I want to set and learn how to do the boundaries that Townsend and Cloud talk about, and I'm not good with. And, you know, I'm trying to do all of this work, all of this deep, heavy lifting work. And I do love my wife, and I do love being with my kids, and I love the family that I see potential to be in. And... I don't, you know, I, I tried, we went to a conference and I tried to get her to go to some Al-Anon meetings. Maybe that just having the common vocabulary of a program to talk about things would be able to to set some framework and groundwork to be able to work within. And, and it's just not, it's not been well received. Um, and I feel like I'm at an impasse. So I know you don't want to necessarily go this direction, but let me clarify, like, five things. One is, are you in impeccable recovery now? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you've had how many sexual sobriety clean days? Uh, masturbation slips excluded or like, I mean... Masturbation excluded. I mean, isn't that in your included? inner circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was in my inner circle. Um, over nine months consecutive, you know, I, I struggled okay. when I was I was living in a clean in a sober living house, and, and I struggled with that being. I would go and do everything at the house, and and I was able to be with the family, and then I I would put the kids to bed, and then I would have to go. She she wouldn't allow me to stay. I would go to a sober living house. It was it was hard, not to self to soothe in those ways. So I, I would go for mm-hmm. a month, and then I would relapse, and then I'd go for a month, and uh, I'd relapse with, mm-hmm. with masturbation. Okay. And so, so if, nine, we take the, if we take masturbation out, which I would never do, it's in your inner circle, so of course it needs right. to be there. That's when the next sobriety date starts. But if we weren't dealing with masturbation, and we were looking at all the other deal-breaking behaviors, um, how oh, much I, clean time do you have? Two years. I mean, I checked into to Pine Grove in end of July of 2020. Okay. Okay. So, and how many meetings do you go to a week? Two meetings a week. And I, I meet with SAA. a CSAT. I'm SAA. Yeah. And I meet with a CSAT on a weekly basis. Yay. Okay. And... um. 
Do you pray, meditate, or journal? I do. I I, I pray, and and um, I've been going through the Bible in your podcast, and I've got 280 something consecutive days with that, and really enjoyed that as well as um, taking the, the family to church. We, we have not been. Um, we have missed some, but we're we're committed to making sure that that worship is in our our. Um, our, our take circle. two, yeah, yeah, our green green circle behavior. So you're you're doing all the right things. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about you because if she were sitting here with us, you know, what might she be complaining and bitching about? And and I don't need you to answer that, but okay. you're doing a real good job on your recovery. You gotta you gotta figure out how to protect that brain and you know, stop the masturbating, you know. You'll be even a better husband and a better father if you learn how to let that go. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. So now what? Oh, go ahead. No, I agree. I was just agreeing with you, that's all. Okay. And so you have resentment about her past infidelities, that you discovered, I mean, you did some investigation, or she told you? No, I I, I discovered. I, I did some investigation. I had a really tough time with um, with boundaries initially out of treatment because I felt like there was gaslighting, because I felt like there was um, something else underneath there, that, that things weren't just right. And um, come to find out, my suspicions were, were my gut was was right, was accurate. Um, okay. Yeah. Then what I want to ask you is um, how are you dealing with these resentments? Like what are you doing to manage them? Because she's not two, where you're at. Yeah, I have two really good um, friends in recovery. I have peers. I, I work a phone program. You know, I, I reach out. Um, I call and just send to somebody else and and get my um, acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the hurt, have my my pity party, limit it, and then and try to go back inside and, and and show up for my family. Okay. And so when I said that she's not where you're at, and probably she's not there because she's not going to meetings that help her to hold herself accountable. You know, she's hanging right. on. By a threat, she's not holding herself accountable. Right. And, and she, she, she sees, she's beginning to see, you know, I, I, I do have hope because I feel like she is beginning to see family patterns. I do, you know, she, she has, has shared with me that she recognizes that she did this behavior in, and it cheapened herself in, over past relationships that, when there was infidelity, she's been had serial infidelity occur, and you know I, I I knew this before we went into the relationship, and I feel so guilty, so shameful about the fact that I, you know, I did something that I I swore to her I would never do, and I knew how much you know the pain and the hurt that she'd had previously, and you know, and I was in when we met, I was meeting with a psych a psychologist during med school, and I was doing everything that I needed to do, and I was the healthiest I'd ever been. I was. Um, I had some learning disabilities and I was esteeming myself by really doing great in med school in a way that I had never done before 
And um, I was working on me. I went to over like 40 individual sessions and over 40 um, interpersonal relationship group sessions while I was, you know, so like 80 sessions while I was in, in med school and when I met my wife and when, when we developed our relationship. And, you know, then residency happened and I didn't continue to do the self-care. And I think the, the, we had two kids in 14 months and things started to kind of, you know, the, the focus of the relationship from her perspective wasn't, wasn't me, you know, it was kids and it was, you know, other life things. We were, we were away from friends or family. We didn't have, you know, uh, my residency was far away from, from any of our families. And, um, that was the deterioration. And then when I, we finally moved back home, I, we stayed with my parents for a little while while we were getting settled. And I think that being in the family of origin stuff and trying to go out and cut it as a new attending and build into practice, all of those stressors contributed to me acting out in this way that, um, you know, having serial affairs and, and just hurting her so deeply, I, it, it, it I'm very, very sorry for what I've done, and I'm really trying to make it right. And it's really hard well, and I know. to hold that I know. place. I know. I see it. You know, for With, our listening audience, there's a man who's really somber, and he really, it seems like you have a lot of empathy for her and knowing the pain you caused her. But she doesn't have the same for you, and... She doesn't have the motivation to work on the relationship with some professional help. I mean, your relationship is going to take professional help. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that. Okay. I, I, and so she, uh, we, we've been able to get in um, since I sent the email um, there and pressed and said that we need to meet with, I've been wanting to meet with a couple's therapist since, since I got out of treatment and she's been uh, reluctant to do that. Finally, uh, over the last you know, month um, in, in September, we met with one for the first time. She is not a CSAT. She's a family couple's therapist. Um, I had looked into like a hope and freedom um, therapy weekend or something like that, but we don't, you know, with all of the divorce and with all the, the the compulsive spending and stuff, we're, you know, we have financial stressors as well that, that don't allow that. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping just getting within the therapist's office will help because I know that I can't after the hurt and the and the triggers and everything that I've done and her PTSD reactions to me, I can't hold her accountable for the things that, that I need to be able to, be, and, and I need that accountability in order to, to feel like I'm self-respecting and, and esteeming myself and, and holding boundaries. Yeah. And so, you know, in both books, Help Her Heal and Help Them Heal, they ask the addict to identify what he or she is willing to do to make the other person feel safe. And mm-hmm. so let's call your wife Susan. Has Susan changed some behaviors to help you feel safe? Yeah, she calls me every day when she leaves work. She'll call me um, when she leaves work. She will do that. 
Um, and she has started to, financial security, she has started to um, get on board with Dave Ramsey and, and with, with re-looking re at how her relationship is with money and, and is affirming, saying, uh, I guess in, in motivational interviewing, she has change talk. That gives me hope. You know, she, she's using change talk that, that gives me um, some hope with that. You know, and a part of me know, does feel like, you know, I, I, I set up the environment. I put in the components that led to my wife cheating on me. You know, so if I take extreme, extreme ownership, you know, if I'm, not, if I'm putting the attention where the attention belongs in my wife and my family, then I, I'm not worried um, moving forward that her behaviors would happen again, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. 100%. And so if I understand you correctly, since you're doing everything you need to do, you are beginning to trust that she's not going to make the same mistakes over and over again in relationships. But her spending is like your pornography. You know, that's what she uses to escape and to self-soothe. And that's going to be harder to break probably than committing to not seeing anybody else. Um, and so I don't want to throw your uh, therapist that you're going to be working with under the bus, but you need a specialist. You're going to be wasting time and money to have somebody who's not capable of understanding your addiction, her infidelity, her financial uh, resentments, you know, yeah. and self-soothing. Um, and you're saying you just like, so Milt Magnus's intensive, was that $10,000, $12,000? Yeah, it, That's hope it was. Uh, yeah, hope and freedom it was out, out of my my range right now. Right. Um, and so you and, and, you know her, I have issues I have issues with her CSAT because of you know different things that that have occurred she um, when I was in treatment and and uh, my wife works within the OR so she's not able to to make phone calls that easily she has a, she does have a stressful job um, but she had a long ongoing text communication string and back and forth with her CSAT and I just felt really frustrated and really hurt by, you know, the the something so delicate, something so intricate, something so complicated being In therapized over text message, you know, um, being diagnosed by her by her therapist as this narcissistic and, and you know all these other things about things that that you know I just man that that really is kind of rough after you know this text message that you're you're telling her these things and not to mention the lack of confidentiality that's in it, you know, knowing that those things were there, wanting to wanting to I had an issue with violating her boundaries because I wanted to I wanted to be the best husband I could be. I wanted to know what it was I needed to do. I, I you know, I I anyway, it just it was and the idea that her therapist was pro 
staggered disclosure and that I should answer any questions that she had. That's not CSAT. Any, that's not anything I've read in any of the books. And I was kind of I took a deep dive into into everything from you know Stephanie Carnes to you to um, your sexually addicted spouse to all of these different things. I read them cover to cover and 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 just wanted to help and wanted learning. And no, everybody says that this is one of my biggest fears is everybody says that true healing doesn't start until after therapeutic disclosure. Well, fudge, we're a long ways out. We still haven't done that. And I don't know if we're really close to doing that to begin with, you know? Um, well, and so. all the therapeutic formal disclosure and you need to be prepared by two professionals on that and follow right. a protocol. And, yeah, you're right. That takes about six weeks for both of you to do your work and then to come together for maybe a three-hour intervention uh, and then follow it with that emotional impact letter. Yeah. I don't know which one of you would be writing. Probably her, since she was the first identified partner. But here's, what, here's the bad news. What we know is that when this has happened and it gets this messy and this murky, then you really need two disclosures, one for her so that she can find out everything about you and feel safe, and then one for you so that you can find out what you don't know. And that way you can rebuild the relationship. Right. And that, that would be right. at least a six-month, nine-month process. Yeah. I want to give you hope because the truth is, and I'm sure your CSAT has told you this, when you can't get somebody to budge to the degree that you want them to, and, and you said she is willing to go to this couple's therapist, mm-hmm. um, and you've seen her once or not yet? We've seen, we've seen her twice now. We've seen her twice now. And, and I left early the second time so that she could have – I had to go pick up the kids, and I, I left her so that she had extra time with this lady. That's one of the things that she's very skeptical of what is talking going to do for me, you know, and, and very skeptical, very hesitant about therapy. Um, she's a self-fixator. You know, she, she can self-fix it, but, you know, we're in the position that we're in because, you know, we were both trying to self-fix stuff. So it's, it doesn't work very well. Um, you know, I have concerns about um, uh, achievement addiction or compulsive exercise, compulsive spending, all of these other avenues. And not to, I do not want to take my wife's inventory, you know, but I do have concerns about problematic, unhealthy coping that I, I see. And I don't know, you know, again, we don't have the, the language to, the common language of recovery to speak, you know. And that, I'm sad about that. It makes me sad. It makes me uh, frustrated at times um, mm-hmm. that we don't have that. Well, and it was interesting that you said that you went to an Al-Anon meeting so that you would have some common language yeah. together, you sh- that you got her yeah. to an Al-Anon. Does yeah. somebody have a drinking problem? I'm sorry? Does somebody have a drinking problem? Because you said Al-Anon. No, no, Al-Anon just, you know, the, the uh, I was able to go to a... Um, a conference for um, International Doctors of Alcoholics Anonymous, IDAA. So this is other mm-hmm. physicians who've had issues with boards and things like that. And, and they have Al-Anon, they have the, something for the partner, and they actually have 
Jerry Moe, and they have things for the kids, too. They have Alateens and stuff for the kids. So I was very grateful this year that we were able to go as a family. Mm. It was a blessing. It was a total blessing. But, you know, I had hopes, too, um, that maybe she could feel supported and recognize that listening to other stories that may not be exactly like hers but could find the commonality and pull that thread out and recognize that, you know, understand some aspects of addiction, understand some aspects about, you know, she didn't make it through any of the of the books. She made it halfway through My Sexually Addicted Spouse and then said, shit on this, I can't read this crap, you know. Um, that was some of the frustration in, in reading Help Them Heal is that you talk about the the, the spouse diving into and man I felt really I felt really hurt by that I felt really you know I had the opposite I had you know hopping out having an you know another sexual relationship you know while I'm you know 30 days in treatment filing for divorce while I'm in treatment and you know all of these other things and, and not even reading one a half of a book uh, about about a, a disease you know and it's I'm trying to hold the paradox that Carnes talks about is where you're you know, I was completely powerless and I'm completely accountable, you know, and then just not feeling that on the other side, not feeling understood for that, not feeling like the disease component is really given any credibility and that it was just a lack of moral fiber or fortitude or it just hurt that part hurts. Okay, so that's a good segue for me because two things. Either you've just worked out and you've really kind of hurt your pecs because you keep grabbing your pec right up below your heart. And so did, did that... No, I, 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 I have feelings there, Carol. I'm having feelings, and they're all in my chest and my stomach, and yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because the second hypothesis I had was, okay, it was medical. He's having heart problems. He may not even know it. He needs to have it checked out. There's, I mean, throughout this entire interview, you've been holding your heart and your pecs and going back to that. That being said, I want to do an exercise with you. Are you ready? Okay. When you can't control else and it sounds like you're getting movement i mean you're moving slowly it's just not to the degree that you want um the first thing you do is you say where do you feel the emotion and you just said my heart my chest and what else or where else so that was tightness in the stomach just a pit you know okay so it's really connected from the heart down to the upper, is that the duodenum? Upper abdomen, <laughs> yeah. Abdomen. Something like that. Okay. Okay. So I want you to do me a favor. Okay. I want you to close your eyes and just, if you will, feel that feeling and give it a color, that that wrestling feeling Blue. between all areas. Blue? Okay. Now go ahead and open your eyes. So now if you link that emotionality, which is stuck there, because I feel like you feel like you're somewhat stuck. Even though you notice the progress, it's like you're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to 
restore the relationship. You're ready to be a healthy family. Yes, ma'am. So link that emotionality to one of the five feelings, and you know this from my book, anger, sadness, loneliness, fear, or happiness. Which one comes close? Closest. Fear and sadness are neck and neck. They're, they're, it's hard to tell which one, you know. Um, I'm going to ask you to pick one. I want a primary, even if it's hard. Sadness. Okay. Sadness. I don't blame you. You've been through a lot. And you are experiencing so many losses right now. And a man who's worked as hard as you have worked, you want the wins. You don't want to be stuck in the losses. That's what you've had your whole life. So now, you said that emotionality is in, in the chest down to the abdomen, and it's linked up to sadness, and it's blue. Here's your second exercise. I want you to imagine that color, imagine the feeling, imagine the sadness, and I want you to take five deep breaths through that sadness. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Hey, he's doing it, everybody. His chest is inflating and then deflating. And then you can open your eyes when you're done with the fifth one. Good. Okay, now, when you link that sadness up to your life experience, what what is one of the worst mind thoughts you have about your life and where you're at today? Hurt and disappointment that I've caused. Okay, so you you said you're hurt and disappointed. Disappointment that I've caused others. Okay. And so when you breathed through it, did you feel better, the same, or worse? No, I felt better. I felt a lightening of, uh, of the feeling. It it got lighter and clearer and the color faded. Good. Because that's what's supposed to happen. And then it's supposed to ding, 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 remind you that that hurt and disappointment that you caused has to be wrapped around constructive compassion. So now I want you to think about two ways that you can have compassion for you to get you to keep you strong as you work through these marital problems. So, one is something good you can do for you that's compassionate. What would one of those things be? Self-care in the in the gym and better managing management of my weight. Okay, so I'm going to just stay with the gym right now. So, okay. Self-care by going to the gym, 
and um, and doing something that you know is good for the body. Sure. Okay, that's the external locus of control. That's something you can change externally. Now, I'm going to ask you to practice something that has to do with your internal thoughts. And it's a reality affirmation. It starts out with the, the reality. Even though, and I'll just throw one out, but you can't steal it. Okay. Even though my marriage is not where I want it to be, and my wife is lagging behind. What I know to be true is we're making some progress and she is still with me. Okay? That's yeah. one reality affirmation. It starts out with even though and then what I know to be true. Now I want you to come up with one. Even though I feel financial fear because of my current situation, my income and her income together, along with budgeting and discipline, can find a path through to financial freedom. We both have very good jobs. Oh, you be- and Go ahead. You better believe it, and I'm telling you, most millionaires have been bankrupt one, two, or three times. So in some ways, that can build it stronger. Amen. So that that affirmation is, even though you're in some financial distress, what you know to be true is between both of your incomes and discipline, you can get where you need to be, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you homework. Did you know you were gonna come give to therapy with me today? <laughs> okay, a good All therapist right. will give me some homework. I hear you. Let's do it. Okay, so now I want you to do a reality affirmation about your marriage, and I want you to email it to me um, okay. so that I can read it to my listeners next week on the air. Because I we actually have to end. And so I want you to do that because the relationship is the hardest part. So, you know, start out with even though and then talk about the relationship. And then I want you to come up with an affirmation about what is working for you or what is working for the both of you. Okay? Okay. And I'm going to ask you, why didn't you come to our workshop last week? It was only, well, I'm not allowed to talk about my prices, but it was cheap. You two should have come. I, I <laughs> wish I would have known about it. I, I would have done what I could have done. Please keep me informed of any any in the future, Carol. I really appreciate your time today and, and hearing me out. And um, Thank you. Well, absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And, I'm not, and I don't even know that she would have come. But the no, truth it, is, we more six, seven, eight-hour days on the weekend workshops where you can get started with some of these concepts and they leave you with hope. And you're working too hard for this not to work out in some way, shape, or form. And it's your job 
to have integrity no matter how it works out, right? That's what I'm, I'm trying for. That's, that's the goal here. Okay. So get me that homework assignment. And just just for me, will you have your heart checked out? <laughs> Thank you, Carol. I'm, my heart is, my heart is good. I'm saying medical but you were holding it the whole time, okay? Yeah, it, it, the chest pain is real for, at, at times. It is, you know, um, no, this addiction has caught a lot, caused a lot of pain. And, and no. I'm a very empathetic yes. person in, to begin with. I feel for other people. I'm in a caring profession because of that. And to know that you mm-hmm. hurt your best friend, and you hurt your best friend, and pressed on a wound that you knew was there, um, man, that just mm-hmm. sucks. It just really sucks. I did that. Please give yourself compassion because you're the new and improved David. Okay. Amen. I gotta Thank go. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Okay. So much for coming on. Anytime you want to do a teletherapy um, or telecoaching for real Telecoach. for real reasons. Telecoaching here on the air. Come on back. Free of charge. Thank you, Carol. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so as you can see, he is working hard on on helping her heal, but he's got to heal himself, and he's got some questions. And this is going to be a long process. But you know what? I believe it can happen, especially the more you work on yourself to get healthy. It's the end of the show. We'll see you next week for more Sex Help with Carol the Coach. And it'll be a different time because I'm training those New Zealanders on Urkham and I'm helping them heal. So make it a good one. And as I say at the end of every show, you can repeat it with me. There'll only be one of you, so at all times, fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. We will see you next week for more sex help with Carol, the coach.